Hey guys, um, welcome to Minisode 5. Yeah, pretty sure it's 5. Um, <laughs> so again, it's me, Sarah, um, and Dan is at work again while I am recording this, so he will not be here for the Minisode, but again, he will be back for this weekend's um, full-length episode. Um, so today's mini-sode is going to be slightly different, um, because I'm not doing this scripted today. And that's because this mini-sode is about anxiety. And I want to kind of strip away the fears of the unknown and just do this, um, kind of like, you know, fly by the seat of my pants kind of thing. Um, I mean, obviously I'm still going to have information for you from, um, sources, but I, I want to, I want to just have a, a, a flowing conversation about anxiety because I think that for a lot of us, anxiety stems from not knowing what's to come. Um, it's, it is the fear of the unknown. So, when we take all of the expectations away and we we strip ourselves of the structure, I, I think we start to freak out a little bit. And I want this to just show that it's okay that we can strip away all of that structure and we can just do things a little bit more easily um, if we just calm and breathe and just get through it. It'll be okay. So before we get into anything, I actually want to tell you guys a story um, to show that pretty much anxiety can come on at any given moment. Um, it, it doesn't require you to be in specific circumstances for um, anxiety sometimes to, to come on. So... I am claustrophobic. I have a fear of um, enclosed spaces. And I, I get anxiety just literally watching a show or a movie where somebody is trapped in a closet or, um, or be, you know, in a coffin, things like that. It, that literally gives me um, uncomfortable feelings just to watch that. And I know that I'm not in that situation. I know that that's just a movie, but my brain is telling me that that could eventually be me and who knows what's going to happen if that does happen to me. So <clears throat> being that I have claustrophobia, um, we were in uh, Disney World uh, a couple of years ago and Disney is the happiest place on earth, right? So uh, we went on the new um, Avatar ride where you like fly on one of those things. It's a virtual reality ride and I, I don't, flight of something or other, I can't remember what it's called. But anyway, it was the year that it opened. So everybody was super excited about going on it. I was excited about going on it. I love virtual reality rides. Um, and just to hear that it was so realistic that you were flying around um, Pandora, right? That's what it, that's where they live. It, it just, I really wanted to experience that. So we get in and we sit on the, the ride. And so the ride is like you're sitting on like a motorcycle almost. That's the position you're in. And they strap you in because obviously you're going to be moving around a lot. So they don't want you to get injured. So they enclose you 
in these little braces um, pretty much all over your body. And I hadn't even gotten past the brace that went around my shin and calves before I literally started having a panic attack. Um, so we're in there with, I don't know how many other riders are there, maybe like six. And they enclose us in, in the little braces and I start feeling my heart racing. I start panicking and I don't know why I, I, I had this fear that I was not going to be able to get out of there. And I knew that that wasn't going to really happen. It was irrational, but I had a severe attack because of it. So I turned around, I asked the, the ride handler to, um, open my ride. I was able to get out. I left the area and immediately, immediately started hysterically crying (laughs) because now after my panic attack was over, I felt relief and I just broke down. And I ended up calling Dan. Um, he was at work. He, he didn't come with us to, uh, to Disney because, you know, he's always working. <laughs> um, and, he, you know, he, he calmed me down. He, he talked to me, just made sure that I was okay. But I still think back to that thinking I was at Disney, the happiest place on earth. And I still had an anxiety attack, a severe anxiety attack. So now every time I go near that ride, I almost have um, a little bit of like a PTSD moment where I just, I feel very uncomfortable um, even like going in there. So that was my little story just to let you guys know that this can happen anywhere at any time. It really doesn't matter. Anxiety is, is just something that happens when it wants to happen. Our brains are just like, it's going to happen now. I don't know what, I don't know what the future holds. So I'm just going to freak out. So because this is a mini-sode, um, I'm not going to get into like all the full-blown anxiety disorders and everything, but I do want you to know that there is a difference between just having regular anxiety and having an anxiety disorder, something that's fully diagnosed. Regular anxiety is something that we experience on a daily basis. Um, you know, it could be just um, you're nervous about a test. Um, you know, you have an exam for school and you're, you're nervous about that. Or, um, you know, you're waiting in the hospital and you're getting nervous about what your test results are going are gonna to show. Or um, right now with, with COVID-19, it's really... Uh, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what the future is going to hold. For a lot of people, they've lost their jobs, so they don't know how maybe they're going to pay for food on the table. And so they're having anxiety because of that. That doesn't necessarily mean that everyone who feels these anxious moments has a full-blown anxiety disorder. Regular anxiety is a normal part of life. And sometimes anxiety can be a good thing. We, we sometimes want to have those stressors to make us a little more hyper aware so that we can be better in particular situations. It doesn't always happen like that, but sometimes it is actually a good thing. Um, for me, when I'm a little bit anxious before an exam, um, it makes it a little bit easier um, because I get like hyper focused on the exam. So that anxiety helps me in that sense. So maybe it helps you too in, in different respects, but that's regular anxiety. 
again, that's just something we deal with on a daily basis for pretty much everybody um, around the world, I would say. And um, then there are anxiety disorders. And so anxiety disorders, according to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, are actually the most common uh, diag commonly diagnosed mental illness in the United States. And it affects 40 million adults, um, aged 18 and over. And that's about 18.1% of the population every year. However, anxiety disorders are extremely treatable. Um, but of course, because a lot of people don't come forward with, um, knowing they even have an anxiety disorder, maybe people think that it is just an everyday occurrence and it's a normal thing to have, um, that anxiety, um, only about 36.9% of those who have anxiety disorders and have diagnosed anxiety disorders are actually receiving treatment for them. So know that if you have an anxiety disorder, and I will go through what the DSM says, um, anxiety disorders are and what the symptoms are, um, to be diagnosed, know that treatment is extremely common and it works very, very well for anxiety. Um, this is one of the most treatable things that you can be diagnosed with, um, whether it be physical or mental, um, illness, anxiety disorders are extremely, extremely treatable. So anxiety disorders, um, can include, um, separation anxiety, um, selective mutism, phobias. Like I said, I have claustrophobia. Um, so that is considered a, um, an anxiety disorder. I've never actually been, um, diagnosed with it, but I mean, the fact that I have that severe, a panic attack on a ride at Disney, <laughs> I would say that I probably really have claustrophobia. Um, Social anxiety disorder, a lot of people have that, um, as well as panic disorder, um, generalized anxiety disorder, and unspecified anxiety disorder. So I'm going to go through just a few of them because they're the more prevalent things. So there's social anxiety disorder, and this is um, marked fear or anxiety about one or more social situations in which the individual is exposed to possible scrutiny by others. So this could be, you know, um, you have to give a speech and you are terrified, terrified of giving this speech that, you know, you start to have a, a full um, panic attack. Um, or sometimes people even... Um, get anxiety over having somebody watch them eat, um, having even just a conversation with somebody or meeting people. Um, there are a lot, a lot, a lot of people out there who don't even want to go to, you know, a party with some friends because they're afraid of what the other people there are going to be thinking of them. And that's a true, like if it's, if it's hindering your life, if you're literally not going to into social situations often enough that it is really a detriment to your life and your social life, then you should seek treatment for that because you cannot live a life where you are not experiencing anything because you're afraid of what people are going to think of you. And sometimes, again, that's just your brain doing these things to you. It's not something that you can help. It's just your, your brain is saying like, 
oh, you know, they're going to, they're going to tell you that you're ugly. They're going to tell you that you're stupid. You shouldn't talk about that. Don't, don't tell people that you like certain things because they're going to think that you're crazy or, or nerdy or a loser or whatever it is. And, you know, this happens a lot in, in like high school. Um, people don't want to really go into social situations because there are cliques and it's a concern that, you know, they're going to be judged from people in, in different cliques. So, um, social anxiety disorder is actually associated with, um, elevated rates of school dropout, um, and, you know, decreased employment, uh, decreased workplace productivity, uh, lower socioeconomic status and, and just a decrease in overall quality of life again, because you're not putting yourself out there to ensure that you are having the, the proper quality of life that you need. Um, you know, people don't want to go to work because there are too many people at their job and, and it interferes with obviously being able to get paid and then they don't know how to provide for their family. And then it's just this cycle of anxiety because I don't know how to take care of my family, but anxiety because I don't want to go to work because I'm afraid of what they're going to think. So then I'm not making that money. And then I have more anxiety because I'm not bringing that money home to my family. So again, it can be this cyclic thing. And if it is interfering with your life that severely, that is something to seek treatment for 100%. So then there is also uh, panic disorder, and this is uh, recurrent unexpected panic attacks. And a panic attack is an abrupt surge of intense fear or intense discomfort that reaches a peak within minutes, and during which time four or more of the following symptoms occur. So these are what the DSM consider the symptoms of a panic attack. Uh, Palpitations, pounding heart or accelerated heart rate, sweating, trembling or shaking, sensations of shortness of breath or smothering, feelings of choking, chest pain or discomfort, nausea or abdominal distress, feeling dizzy, unsteady, lightheaded or faint, chills or heat sensations, paresthesias, which is the numbness or tingling. Um, You can feel that, you know, when you get like the pins and needles. Uh, derealization, feelings of unreality or depersonalization. So being detached from oneself, the fear of losing control or going crazy or the fear of dying. Um, so when I had my panic attack, I had, um, palpitations, trembling or shaking, um, sensation of shortness of breath and, the feeling of uh, dizziness. So I had four of them, but I don't have a panic disorder. This doesn't occur frequently enough for me to be diagnosed with panic disorder. Um, Panic attacks also a lot of times mimic some symptoms of a heart attack. So a lot of times when people are having panic attacks, they think that they're actually having a heart attack. So I've heard many times, unfortunately, that when somebody is having a panic attack and they think that they're having a heart attack or even when they're having a heart attack um, and they go to the hospital, sometimes they're not taken seriously. And um, the healthcare professionals there maybe sometimes think that it is just a panic attack and you'll get over it when in reality it is actually a heart attack. Um, Do not let this deter you from 
seeking medical help if you do feel like you are having a heart attack, even if it turns out to be a panic attack. You want to make sure 100% that it is not a heart attack. So if you are feeling any of those symptoms um, rapidly, where it came on rapidly, especially if you are feeling that chest pain or um, feeling like you can't breathe, seek medical attention and just be sure that it is not a heart attack. Um, Because sometimes it is a heart attack when you think that it might just be a panic attack. Um, and if they're not taking you seriously, um, then you, you just stand your ground and you keep asking for somebody who is going to take you seriously at that, at that hospital. Or hopefully you can have somebody with you who, who will advocate for you because it really is unfortunate how often, uh, people come in with symptoms like this that aren't taken seriously. And it's not all just in your head. Your body, you are physiologically feeling these things. Your heart is racing. Your mind is feeling like it's going crazy. You're dizzy. You're lightheaded. These are not manifestations of craziness or psychosis or anything like that. You are truly feeling these things. These are really happening. So you, you should be taken seriously. Um, then there is generalized anxiety disorder. Um, so that's just excessive anxiety and worry, uh, occurring more days than not for at least six months about a number of events or activities. Um, so generalized anxiety disorder is probably the most, um, common of all the anxiety disorders. So this is really just you, you wake up almost daily with just apprehension and worry and concern. And it may not be about anything in particular, but it's just you, you feel like, um, something's going to happen if you go to work and, you know, whatever it is. So you're feeling like this on almost a daily basis that you're just, concerned and worried. And again, it could get to the point where you worry yourself sick. And that does happen. That actually can happen that you feel physically ill because you're worrying so much. And again, if things like that are happening, seek treatment. Because again, these are extremely, extremely common diagnosable disorders and they can be treated very easily. There's also unspecified anxiety disorder, which um, uh, applies to, let's see, the DSM says it applies to presentations in which symptoms characteristic of an anxiety disorder that cause clinically significant distress or impairment in social, occupational, or other Important areas of functioning predominate, but do not meet the full criteria for any of the other disorders in the anxiety disorders diagnostic class. So unspecified anxiety disorder is really the one that they go to if they can't figure out what other anxiety disorder it falls under. So you can have the symptoms of all the other stuff, but maybe it's not to the extent that is needed to diagnose something else. Um, but I do want to talk about coping mechanisms because that's really um, 
the most important thing here. When you do feel like you are having an anxiety attack or you're just feeling anxious in general, you want to make sure that you have proper coping skills because that's going to help you get out of that feeling of dread, hopefully more quickly. And again, if it doesn't work, then seek treatment. Go to a therapist. Um, I know I talked about this in the depression episode, but I, I really think that everybody out there can benefit from therapy because especially with anxiety, we all suffer from some form of anxiety. So we can all get help to ease our lives a little bit more and to ease that worry a little bit. So when you are feeling anxious or stressed, um, number one thing, breathe. <laughs> Just take time to breathe. Focus on your breath. Um, you know, do a yoga thing, um, different kind of yoga breathing. You can actually look up. Um, there are different types of yoga breaths depending on a situation, depending on what you're trying to achieve. Just breathe. Focus on the inhale and the exhale. And in through the nose, out through the mouth is, you know, generally advised. Again, yoga will have different kinds of um, breathing techniques. Maybe breathe in and hold it for a couple of seconds and just try to make your mind go a little blank. And then exhale and just feel that kind of weight lifted off of you if, if you can. I, I know that sounds really, um, you know kitschy and everything, but it, for me, it works. And I do know other people that it works for. So it's an easy technique to try. And if it doesn't work for you, then, you know, you can move on and try something else. Um, you can also just take a break from whatever it is that you are doing that's making you feel anxious. So sometimes if I'm in the middle of a homework assignment and I feel get I'm getting anxious because I'm getting frustrated that I can't find the 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 research that I need to write the rest of my paper. I I need to take a break from it because all it's going to do is make me shut down. It's going to make me shut down, it's going to make me angry and it's going to make me flustered and I'm not going to get my work done. I'm not going to be productive. So taking a break from it for a little while is so much better because then it, again, clears my mind a little bit. And then once my mind is clear, maybe then I start thinking more about what I actually can do for that assignment and I get more information that I needed before than when my mind was shutting down. Um, counting to 10. That's also a, another one. I, I know that that sounds super cliche also, but just taking that time to just cool down, um, and calm down. Sometimes that's all it takes is just a little 10 second break. And all of these things are just to kind of take yourself out of that moment because that's really what anxiety is. It's being in this severely worried moment. And again, going to sound cliche, but moments are fleeting. So not everything is going to last the way that we think they're going to last. They're not going to last as long as we think they're going to last. So just kind of 
removing yourself, removing your your thoughts from that particular situation can significantly help with anxiety. Um, you know, more things, exercising, again, these are a lot of things that we talked about in the depression episode, exercising, getting enough sleep, eating, um, a well-balanced meal, limiting the, um, the amount of alcohol and caffeine that you're consuming, because those can definitely, um, trigger anxiety. Um, you just, you want to have a balanced life. And I know that that's very difficult for a lot of people. And especially right now with the the pandemic, I completely understand that there are a lot of things going on right now that we can't control. And that in and of itself should say something that if it's something we can't control, if it's something that's out of our control, we can't do anything to help that. So the worry and the anxiety and the fear is not going to help the situation. So trying to remove the thoughts of, oh my goodness, what's going to happen, maybe will help a little bit. Because what's going to happen is what's going to happen. And you don't know what's going to happen until it does. So if you're worrying yourself so much that you're taking time away from significant things in your life, like, you know, playing with your kids or talking to your friends and family or going out and doing some of the things that you enjoy, like taking a walk on a nice day or, or, you know, I always go back to the painting thing because, you know, that relieves a lot of stress. If you are being so consumed by the worry and you're you're not doing the things that you that make a well-rounded life, what does that mean for you? Does that mean that you are too involved in something that you can't help? Yes. So Try to think of it in the sense that if you can't control the situation, you can control your feelings about it and you can control the way that you deal with it. So that's why these coping mechanisms are so important, especially, especially right now with, with the pandemic happening. And for me, like I said, I I do the yoga breathing techniques. I do yoga. I do try to meditate. Those are all stress relievers for me. Um, but I also, when I feel a little bit of an anxiety attack coming on and it's something that literally I'll just be sitting there and I'll start feeling a little anxiety. Um, I, uh, I take some CBD gummies. Um, uh, so that helps me a lot. It just calms me down and, uh, relaxes me and kind of takes my mind off of whatever it was that I was getting anxious over. Um, I do take CBD sometimes also before exams. So I do, like I said before, I get anxious before an exam and I'll take, um, I'll pop a gummy and I'll be able to just focus on what I need to do. And I've been doing very well on my exams since I've been taking the gummies before, (laughs) before I've been, uh, doing the exams. Um, I know CBD isn't for everybody, but do know that it is not THC. 
Um, CBD is not going to give you that high. It's not going to, um, depending on how much you're taking, it's not going to show up in, in, you know, drug tests and things like that because it's a, it's a natural substance. Um, and it's just there to relax you. Um, it's kind of like a melatonin thing if you think about it. Um, it's not necessarily like a naturally occurring thing in your body like melatonin is, but it's an, it's, it's, a naturally occurring substance uh, in the earth. Um, it's going to calm you. It's going to relax you. And like I said, it's not like THC in, it's not going to give you a high. So if you're concerned about that, that is not at all what it's going to do. And CBD is, is very safe to use. Um, you know, you do want to talk to your physician prior if you are taking medications or if you have particular disorders just to make sure that it is okay. But from studies that, um, I've done research on, um, CBD is very, is very safe. Um, I take it, like I said, for, um, anxiety and I also take it for my, um, arthritis pain and it significantly helps. Um, I can't even tell you how much relief I feel, um, just taking one 10 to 15 milligram gummy, um, you know, within 15, 20 minutes, I'm feeling relief and, uh, my mind isn't racing anymore. So those are all things that you can do to just kind of calm your mind and, um, cope with some anxiety that we all feel on a daily basis. And again, if it's something that's taking over your life, if you're really feeling like it's making your life difficult, seek help. Um, you can always talk to a therapist. Uh, I, like I said, um, in the depression episode, you can do, you know, the crisis text line, you can, um, do, um, better help, I think is what it's called, or, you know, one of the other texting, um, therapy things to, to just talk to somebody and maybe get a better opinion on what's going on with you. So I hope that this episode helped. Um, I hope that you received information that you maybe didn't know before, or maybe something, you know, supplemented what you did know. Um, and I hope that you enjoyed this, this mini-sode. Um, if you or someone you know has a story that you would like to share on Blackbird, you can email us at blackbirdadvocacy at gmail.com. Um, or you can find us on Instagram at Blackbird Advocacy. And I do want to let you know that we are doing a giveaway right now. So um, basically what you have to do is go onto our Instagram, follow us at Blackbird Advocacy. Um, you'll find in our stories and our highlights all the rules to the giveaway. But number one is to follow us on Instagram. Then you have to give us a review on any podcast platform that you want to review us on. And then you take a screenshot of your review and post it on Instagram with the hashtag Blackbird Giveaway. And once we hit 1,500 followers, which we are about 400 away, um, we will uh, announce our winner. And the winner can win some really cool um, true crime and uh, mental health stuff. There's some stickers in there. There's a t-shirt or tank top, um, with, with your choosing of, um, of a saying, um, which you can again find, 
on our Instagram. So if you head over there, you can uh, join our giveaway. And we hope that you'll just review us uh, for, you know, any reason, (laughs) whether you liked or didn't like. And if you do review us because you didn't like something, give us some constructive criticism. We're always open to that. We want to know what we can improve to make these better episodes. Because again, we're only in the first few weeks of this. um, And we really want to know what you guys are looking for and what's going to make this better for our listeners. So we are always open to constructive criticism. Um, Otherwise, if you love us, you can give us five stars and uh, we will be super grateful to you forever and ever and ever. Um, and as always, I am available to talk also on, uh, on the Instagram. So if you do want to DM, DM us, um, I'm there. If you just want to talk about anything, if you're feeling anxious about something, message me and I'll talk to you about it. Um, not a problem. Again, I'm not a therapist, so I can't give you counseling. Um, but I can talk to you and I can give you information about maybe where to go to seek the proper help for whatever it is that you need. All right. I hope you enjoyed this mini-sode and uh, we'll see you on the weekend for a full length. Thanks, guys.